Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up here on Balls.ie in partnership with Labrooks where we look ahead to the biggest events of the sporting weekend. Now, the Euros are only just finished. We've got the Olympics in the bag, everything else that's going on, but it's hard to believe the Premier League is just a day away from its return. Delighted to say, once again, we've got Labbooks ambassador Kevin Doyle to talk us through everything. Kevin, it's it's crazy that it's all back. It is disingenuous to say that football is back. I mean, it's never really gone away. Um, and I think the like when you see the three games tonight, where Bohemians, Dundalk, and Shamrock Rovers all have genuine uh, chances of uh, progressing through to the next round, like it is, it's almost a pity that we're not making more of like. It's rare enough that Irish teams go on this kind of run, but for three of them to do it at the same time is just, it's, it's mad. It's, it's weird that they're all playing the season, isn't it? I know, yeah, and it hasn't. Listen, I, I played in similar competitions in Europe with Cork City, uh, I don't know how many years ago, 2002, three, whatever that is now, nearly 20 years ago, and it was no different then, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. And we were doing quite well, I remember. And you, yeah, you're always fighting against, you know, the Premier League starting up again, and that takes everyone's media's attention us. This is what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. the minute and all everything is dedicated to that the tv channels the, the tv rights and that's all pushed so much but you have to um you know if league of Ireland teams are always trying to fight keep your head above water and try to get every bit of news they can and push their side of it and by doing by getting good results all they can do keep building keep getting good results um you know yeah. the, the, they've all three of them put themselves in a decent position so win those games i'd imagine it'll be Hopefully, the next round, if they get through, we'll, we'll see one of them on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you need little moments like McElhenney's goal last week to go viral and for everybody to kind of see the standard that is there a lot of the time. But for, again, to be kind of uh, level with a Dutch team uh, going into a home leg, to be level with a Greek team going into a away leg, and Shamrock Rovers obviously in the lead and having a great chance of actually going through to the group stages. Um, yeah, again, like, I mean, this is like, it's phenomenal achievement. And people, I think, don't realise the context of that sometimes as to how far behind uh, resources-wise and everything else that League of Ireland is against these le- against these uh, teams and these leagues that they're facing. So definitely worth a note, and everybody should try and keep an eye on it. And it's a pity that we're not going to be able to watch them on TV tonight. But uh, the Premier League, as we say, is kind of what we're looking at because, I don't know, I just wonder what type of a summer you think it's been because, for me, it's like Man City have strengthened uh, significantly by bringing in Grealish, they've paid 100 million for him. Chelsea respond by paying almost 100 million for a player they sold, whatever six seven years ago in Romelu Lukaku. We Has that gone through yet, mate? It's not. I don't think it, it's it's not a it's not a guarantee, but all the reports suggest that he's on his way for I think 98 and a half million pounds sterling, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, so look, that's we talked a good bit about him in the Euros and what kind of a form he's in and what sort of a player he can be for them. They're already European champions, and then United, you know, adding in Sancho, that's long awaited. But Varane, I think, was a bit of a surprise to a lot of United fans um, when he eventually arrives. Yeah, like, that's a good summer for all three of those teams. And then Liverpool look like they're going to have Van Dijk and um, and Gomez back, and maybe more like the team they were two years ago. You know, I know it's easy to say at this time of year, but it all does promise to make for an exciting season, yeah. isn't it? All those good signings, though, they all make signings. They all just cancel each other out because they put some back to a level place. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're all trying to outdo each other. I suppose out of those ones you've mentioned, the one I'm surprised hasn't yet, they may do still, is is Liverpool. Um, 
you know, trying to think who they signed and they've lost Wijnaldum, who was so important for them. I'd have, I'd have thought they'd, they'd have um, had something lined up. They knew he was leaving. You know, there's, I've heard stories of him trying to be linked with, with Sancho, um, who had a good... A good year. Yeah. yeah. Um, people remember him. He was on loan. He went to Bayern Munich. He was on loan at Swansea. Unsuccessfully, maybe four or five years ago. I can't remember how long ago. But he, he would be sort of like for like replacement. But I'm surprised they haven't threatened. Um, obviously, getting it, Van Dijk's like a new player this season. Um, and when he, you know, if you go back to their form of two years ago, they won the Premier League. You know, you put last year down as a blip, maybe in the return to that to that form, well, they'd be a massive um, challenge for Man City. But um, it's if, it's big if, if they can return to that form. Mm. The one that stick out for me a little bit are, are, are Chelsea, though, because what they didn't have was they were playing around with Abraham, Giroud, yeah. these guys, like who, you know, you Abraham, you hope will come through and be a 20-goal-a-season striker. But you know what you're getting with Lukaku, and he adds a lot more than goal scoring as well. But if you think of how much Havertz came into it over the course of the year last year, how much those players grew you know, the, the the newer signings, Pulisic looking like a real player, you know. And to think how they did finish the season, they went and won the Champions League. Uh, you know, they just seem like a really, really dangerous prospect now, don't they? Yeah. Um, Lukaku, obviously, I really like him. Um, struggled at Man United. Never seemed to be uh, sharp enough or, or on form. He scores this score plenty of goals, but never looked like the Lukaku of... Everton, when he was um, at his best there, but he went into Milan and um, spoke about this during the Euros, they, they diagnosed some sort of uh, bowel condition and he got fitter and, and better instantly nearly. So um, he's coming back to Chelsea, a better player, proven to score in the Premier League. Knows the club, it's not like he has to settle in there, settle into London, it's going to be, you know, should be seamless. So massive, massive signing. Um, the only thing with Chelsea for me is... the. It's how like you go through the managers they've had and gone through and the success they've had and gone through and the manager seems to get fired, you know, not long after. Go back to win the Champions League under Di Matteo. He was gone not long. Like, Tuchel's had sort of that honeymoon period where he came over and it all went, you know, fairly well to obviously brilliantly to win the Champions League at the end of the season. But, you know, does that, does he maintain that? Or what way does it go if he has a bad start? They're just so higher and fire and it doesn't do them any harm they come back with get another manager get another bounce do well win something so um just interesting to see if if he can be the one that lasts a little longer than previous um managers especially ones you know like Di Matteo left so soon after winning the Champions League like, mm. whatever that was so um yeah that side of things has never really settled at Chelsea but um player wise and Werner's well, I didn't mention Werner a lot of criticism always looked to be nearly about the score missed a lot of chances <laughs> he got a lot of chances and he can't be a bad player whatever the reason was he, he was going through the spell for the last year of not being able to hit the target basically but he got so many chances if he can you know with his pace and, and he's a different type of player to what I have with if he fires a little bit you'd imagine I spoke about him last year you know he's moving to London in the middle of a pandemic and all that and what was going on and maybe it just took him a little longer to settle and um, it's difficult outside of football you don't know what's going on maybe he can have a good season because if he does if he goes back to how he played in in the Bundesliga, he's you know he's like a new sign, and if they can get him playing well, we talked about a top six for the last few years, and you know Leicester are obviously infiltrated that in as well. So it's really seven teams that have been hanging on to the coattails. It's harder and harder every year, especially with summers like this, to see Spurs, Arsenal, Leicester, or any of the other teams like of Everton or anything like that hanging on, and actually like it, it feels more and more like a big four. You know, even when we have these conversations, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it's just what they're able to spend, isn't it? You know, Arsenal was that big four for so long. You know, they're the one maybe have the financial muscle if they wanted and this the club and the stadium. Spurs just again, you know, the Harry Kane thing. Like, why don't they just let him go? They know he wants to leave. He's not happy. Listen, if you get 130 million instead of 150 million or whatever they're looking for, have it all settled so they can sign players. You know what Spurs are going to do? It'll go down. They did it, I'm thinking all the way back to Berbatov. It goes down to the last minute and the last day of the transfer deadline. And then they're scrambling around trying to sign one. And yeah, they get a load of money, but they can't replace them. And I just don't understand why clubs drag their heels for so long. A player doesn't want to be there. He's given you a, a long number of years. Harry Kane's been fantastic for them. He's told them he wants to leave. Just listen, come to an agreement. Man City are obviously going to give you a lot of money. It mightn't be the 150 million you want, but if you can get 110, 20, and the form he showed you as well, he looked tired, he looked jaded, it might be time for them to cash in on him. Um, I just don't know why they dragged their heels for so long. And then it, that carries on to their whole season. Then it upsets the whole thing, the players they can get in, what they have to spend, the manager, his plans. Um, you know, financially on the books, it might seem good, but you know, as, as a football club and you're trying to get players in and, and build a team, a squad, I don't know, they just seem to do it season after season um, with Spurs. Um, and Daniel Levy gets a pat on the back for it a lot of the time, but I don't know, it just to me creates unsettled and unsettled club and they never, never get a, you know, a squad together for long enough to challenge for to break into that sort of top fours you're talking about because they have the stadium the training ground mm. the money um just can't get it all together what do you make of the the pain grealish you know i don't know if there's as many more examples but like you know this sort of idea of, i suppose there's an argument among football fans of aston villa fans you know a month or two ago before grealish went it's old yeah. whole hat now i'm sure spurs fans are having the conversation at the moment though of you know it would mean more for jack grealish to win an fa cup with aston villa the way his great grandfather did than it will for him to go to Man City and pick up a league medal, even though City are going to win it even without him. I just wonder, from a player's point of view, where is the, you know, these guys want to go to the best team, but what's the ambition there? Is it to play with, is it to be part of the, the best team, or is it like the win medals and so on and so forth? Because again, these medals are going to be won without you, so you're not actually doing all that much. I know, I know, Miss. It's a really tough one in fairness, isn't it? Like you're thinking of your career, if he said at Aston Villa, and he's going to get Hanson paid at Aston Villa, I'm sure they made him a great offer to stay. Um, might not have been quite matching what Man City can pay, but he would be a legend forevermore. You know, a bit like Messi at Barcelona. Really, you know, obviously he's left now right at the end, but he's been such a long part of his career there. Um, but then you also see the other side of it, and it's his career, and, you know, is he going to win Premier Leagues with Aston Villa? Could he go away for a few years and win stuff at Man City? I'd be more, you know, with Grealish anyway, I'd be more understanding... Unfortunately for Man City fans, if it was um, a Liverpool or a Man United, historically massive club, and Barcelona or Real Madrid, you know, yeah. where you can't turn them down, really. You can't turn Real Madrid about as, as much as you're a boyhood Aston Villa fan. Man City, to me, um, listen, people argue over this one, I'm sure, but it was more manufactured in recent years. It's not, it's more, you know, funded. You can make the case with Liverpool as American money and Man United as American money. But I don't know, it's just a bit, a little bit more fake, a bit more PSG ish than if he goes to a Barcelona or Real Madrid. And uh, that's pure nostalgia or pure, you know, you know, heart over head talk for me there. Maybe it's nonsense. But, um, you know, some some teams you can see why players yeah. have to go and make that decision. Other teams you think, you know, he could have stayed where he was. But I listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't follow him. I like the way Grealish went as well. He didn't fall out with anyone. Villa no. seemed to be enough to let him go. They got a lot of money for him. Um, 
and you know everyone went there went there so he was there for a long time as well wasn't he and he yeah through the system you know it seems to be fairly amicable and they get a lot of money and they can go and probably spend it the right way obviously but maybe come out a bit stronger Aston Villa have to do it right but um yeah it's a tough one it's you know you look back on it I mean, he might look back on it when he's 40 or 50 you know but you know what I was getting all the money I needed Aston Villa I should have stayed there for the short term again I get winning a few medals I could have stayed at my boyhood club but he'd only realize that when he's you mm. he be thinking like that when you're 24 or 5 yeah the city thing is interesting though because i think you think along the lines of a lot of kind of fans and like if it's take villa and spurs and so out of it it's it's a neutral thing but you know there is, there is that sense there but players don't seem to have it that's the thing because if you think of if you think kane wants to go to man city Grealish wanted to go to Man City and went, uh, you know, I don't know if Messi necessarily wanted to go to PSG, but when the time came with Barcelona, he didn't go and say, oh, look, I'll go somewhere more romantic. He yeah. goes, I'll go to the only place that can afford me. Um, Mbappe plays for PSG, Neymar. It's like these two clubs that seem to have no soul. But I think players think of it in a more sort of, you know, like the basketball yeah. where they get together these super teams and players want to play with each other and things like that it seems more about that than about old school football mentality of yeah. where you play and who for doesn't it yeah in fairness to Man City they got like a, a coach who you'd love to play for in Pep that's a very good point that's yeah. a massive a massive attraction um, and and you know if you're 24 or 5 you have you have lots of agents and people in your ear you know telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing as well and you let them guide you maybe more than your own heart as well i suppose um there's a lot of pressure on you to keep a number of people happy i would imagine um in in messi's case it, it probably came at the last minute and it was a surprise to them and he had no choice you know everyone else didn't have the budget even with him taking a 50 percent pay cut most clubs had that money you know penciled in for someone else or had spent it already so the only people who could probably afford him in any shape or form or PSG, he got snookered a little bit. I'd imagine he would have preferred to go somewhere else. Man City had just signed Grealish or agreed at the time. So that, had, you know, they would really have set in their team plans by signing Messi when they just got brought Grealish in and he'd be taking his place after spending 100 million on him. So, um, yeah, you know, it is. It's easy for me to say and you to say we're out of it. I'm out of it. And it's easy for me to say now, yeah, you know, the romantic side of it and, the, you know, you think like that but when you're a player and you're professional and you have different people in your ear I suppose you just go with the flow mm. Can I ask a, a, a bit of a random question that between the Grealish thing and the Messi thing uh, interested me Pep Guardiola said they didn't reveal the Grealish that he was getting the number 10 until he arrived at the stadium and signed and they presented him with the number 10 and it was seen as this massive deal and you know Messi with like romantic going back to the number 30 because obviously 10 isn't available at PSG did squad numbers ever matter to you or did it ever matter to people in your in in your uh, at your clubs um I don't think uh, listen some lads are more like who, who's getting the number 10 at Man City like who has been the number 10 at Man City it was Aguero yeah. yeah, I suppose Aguero's been a legend there ever, but it's it's not like famous. You know, yeah, getting, like, yeah. getting Cantona's number seven or the, of the George Best number seven. If you go to Man United, a famous number over fifty years. Like Aguero's made it famous over the last seven or eight years, I suppose. But for for Man City, but you know, it's not that. It's not like going to Real Madrid. And, you know, getting the number seven or the number ten there. Um, like uh, I remember when I when you know thinking back when when Reading got promoted to the Premier League, I was there. I was the number, I think it was the number nineteen in my first season there, and they rang me in the summer and said, "Kevin, the number nine is available. Um, will you 
like, do you want to take it? Will you take it? This was the manager, the assistant manager rang me on my holidays, and I was like, no, nah, grand, I've got the 19. Happy with it, don't, don't, uh, doesn't bother me. And that was Brandy rang me back the next day and said, Kevin, we want you to take the number nine. And I didn't have sort of a choice in the matter. So, um, you know, it matters maybe to clubs, I don't know. It didn't matter to me at the time when I signed for, you know, Tegan Person, everyone was there when I signed for Wolves, and I think I was 29 or something like that. And again, a year or two later, a similar sort of thing. Another one, the numbers came up, and Kevin, you changed this, and I didn't want to change. I was older then, and I said, no, I'm staying where I am. It doesn't make any difference to me. So um, maybe 10, 15 years ago, did it? More, 1 to 11, whereas now it's so many numbers, and so it doesn't, I don't think it matters. Everyone can make their own number famous, can't they? Um, yeah, but you never remember the uh, an issue in the dressing room or something like that about squad numbers or somebody been taking a number off them or anything? Um... Not that springs to mind. I remember an issue with a captain's armband be taken off a player, but I don't remember an issue. I don't remember an issue with a squad number. Not. I don't think any player be would want to show it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. The mode or whatever your number you're taking, that you wouldn't even you pretend I don't care. I don't know. You you wouldn't want to be a baby about it. But um, no, I don't remember. I don't remember any big issues. Okay, there you go. I think I feel like it's just something that's become more important in the last few years, and it's again, I don't know if it, it's just a different culture or something that seems to be there. Number people are so much more open about these things that that don't seem to matter but are important. Yeah, yeah. more marketing as well, I suppose. Like Greenish, yeah, 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 yeah. All over the world is better than Greenish, maybe Cardi Seven or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. where the number of kids want to wear the ten. So if we're looking at a um, a prediction then for the season, we've kind of talked through some of the big teams. We have, we've kind of skipped over United a little bit. Definite yeah. improvement, but a lot of improvement for them to have to make, I suppose. Um, where do you see the season ending up then, as champions say, and then kind of like the order of the top four? I'm still worried about United. The Pogba situation, another season going in where that's not solved. Do the play, I'm not playing. He's last year's his contract. He's wanting to leave. He'd play a good one or two games, never go, it's great, Pogba's great again, then he'd have a shocker again. I just, to let that drag on again, I like their signing Sancho and Ram, you know, on paper it looks brilliant. Beside um, Harry Maguire, you think, yeah, listen, we sorted that problem out there, but we'll have to see. He has to come to a new league and settle in, and it will, hopefully he's a really successful player, and hopefully he'll be able to do that. But, um, yeah, I just worry about the Pogba thing again for Man United. Um, you know, such a big personality scenes in that dressing room as well. And if he's not happy, it drags down everyone a bit. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be something similar to last year. Man City win the league. I've gone with Liverpool finishing ahead of Man United. They were only four or five points maybe off Man United after seemingly a terrible season for Liverpool. Mm. Last year. Man United have meant to have had a good season. Liverpool weren't far behind them. So I'd imagine with Liverpool getting players back from injury, they'll finish above United. Um I'm not sure between Chelsea and Man United, third and fourth. I'd probably go Chelsea and Man United for fourth place then. And then the best of the rest fighting out behind them, depending on what Spurs Spurs can get themselves together. Arsenal might get themselves together a bit, but Leicester will probably be in around there again, but I don't see anyone else breaking into the top four. There you go. It's interesting to see, like, City four to six on Ladbrokes. Like, it's actually, in a weird way, it's even tempting but like to think of that the start of a 38 game season that somebody is odds on and you know the conversation we even have that's immediately more interesting is the order of the top four we all assume i don't think anybody's not tipping city to win the league this year it's it's definitely an interesting situation um in terms of relegation then it's a lot more i suppose open i there's there's Norwich, uh, Watford and Brentford all promoted. I think a lot of people would want to see Brentford do well. One of your old clubs, Palace, I think in a little bit of flux with uh, with, with Roy Hodgson gone. Burnley are always in this conversation. 
a uh, few more as well. I think Newcastle finished the season so well this year. We yeah. would have been talking last year. We would have been talking about them as well uh, this time last year. Yeah, it's really hard to call. You're only upsetting people here. You're <laughs> like we have no, like we really can't tell. Norwich could come up full of confidence. Won the league really good last year in the championship. Manager seems really clued in, and he's in, and and you know. They're, they're you know favorites for relegation um ahead of you know they finish a good bit ahead of Brentford and Watford in the league so it's hard to tell hard to tell who they've signed some of the players you see they've signed you're not sure but they you know mm. especially Norwich and Brentford's recruitment is ridiculous who they can get players and value for money and the way the managers have managed to get them playing Brentford's manager seems like a good character he should yeah. be interesting um he, you know, really into it. I think Brentford, I don't know if this stats right or wrong. I read this the other day. Brentford lost eight of their first 10 games with him in charge, um, which there's no other club would let, would manager would survive that. Eight out of 10 games you've lost. And they mm-hmm. managed to, um, they held on to him because they're, from what I read anyway, they're very stat orientated. And the stats said they shouldn't have lost a lot of those games. And they stayed strong and held on to him. And that was a very brave decision. I like the way Brentford are run. New stadium as well. Um, Palace, I would really worry about uh, losing Roy Hodgson. He seemed to just have the guile to keep them up for a number of years now. I would put them in one of the three. I'd be worried for Burnley as well. Just a quick glancing over who they signed and who they've lost. You know, they haven't really you know pulled up trees in the signing department in the summer. Maybe there's still more to come. Um, Watford, I, you just don't know. They, they could no. be to the table and sack their manager and get that bounce that they always seem to get. Um, they're so random Watford in the players they sign, the managers they have. I would say Norwich to stay up, Brentford to stay up, and out of those three there that you have on the screen, I would have Watford, Palace, and Burnley. I think Newcastle's struggle is still having sorted out. They're in court now over this ownership thing. It only takes a couple of games to go against them with Newcastle. Um, and I like Steve Bruce, but the fans just turn on them straight away. They lose a couple of games, and he finished really well, and they came through that storm last season. But, you know... Over the ones not listed on this on these odds, I'd have Newcastle. I'd be worried for them. They haven't seemed to really spend a lot of money again. They're still waiting for you know if they get these owners, um, get the new owners in, they'll be the richest club in the world. So um, <laughs> you can see why they're fighting for that. So um, it'd be a big turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good news for Jolington and the boys. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, I, I think, as you say, relegation, a bit of a crapshoot, but I do think it, it's actually good to actually get a chance to talk about these things because I think Brentford are going to be a fun team to watch in their yeah. new stadium with their with their manager, with all these guys that like that, that they bring through. They basically have a new team every year. This is their first team having a, a, you know, a second go at a, at a team as well because they normally the Premier League comes in and takes all their players after every season. So And Norwich as well, who like sold Wendy uh, and, you know, Couple of Irish guys at Norwich as well. To keep exactly, yeah, yeah. So all, all to be looking out for. Yeah. Um, should be a fun, should be a fun season. Let's go quickly and do top goal score before, and we'll do one, two, three, and get out of here. So, a uh, top goal score. Harry Kane is still favourite. We don't know who he'll be scoring the goals for, but he'll yeah. be scoring for someone. He's eleven to four in Ladbrokes. Mo Salah four to one. Raheem Sterling fourteen to one. Uh, Diogo Jota sixteen to one. Werner, as you mentioned earlier, sixteen to one. Uh, Gabriel Jesus sixteen to one. We haven't got Lukaku on the list yet because he's not officially signed. Yeah, I'm Harry Kane. I'd worry for in the Euros. I just thought he looked so off the pace. I know he got his couple of goals, but in the final, from the first minute, he couldn't move. His legs were gone. I couldn't believe he stayed on the pitch for for the full 
game. He just looked wrecked. So I know he's been so many goals, season after season, so consistent. But I'd worry for Harry Kane, no matter where. If he goes to Man City, he'll get a shit bucket load of chances, obviously. Um, probably a great bet then. But yeah, I would go for Lukaku coming back to Premier League. Scores goals everywhere he goes. Scores goals every season. Even when he was poor at Man United, he was scoring goals. So I would go for Lukaku. I know he's not officially there. It looks like he's going to be there. Yeah, Lukaku. yeah. We can hold. We can hold on for Lukaku. Also, come up. Obviously, Danny Ings for some reason the typo must have been left out there. I don't know what that's about. Great signing, mate. By the way, great signing. <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> Lukaku, look, uh, Ings and Ings, Ings and Watkins up front. The the, the twin towers for Villa this year. Uh, he came from nowhere because he was on about wanting to play Champions League football, and um, he obviously sees something. Uh, sees yeah. something maybe others don't. He's just putting it off a year uh, next yeah. season. Yeah, no, we we call that a, we call that one a, a teletech signing. Um, Kevin, it was uh, old school. It was uh, three three oh two. Danny Ings has signed yeah. for us. There was, was no rumors or nothing. Was there? It was just bang. We signed him. It. it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, we want a few more of them before the window closes. That'd be great. Yeah, no more, no more Twitter rumors going around. Um, okay, uh, let's do this weekend then because it's actually it's starting tomorrow. Brentford and Arsenal, uh, London derby to start the season. But one, two, three, um, which we play every week on the show. It's uh, free to play on Labrooks now. You pick the scores from three games uh, each weekend. If you get one score correct, you get a one euro free bet. If you get two correct, you get a five euro free bet. And if you, win, if you get all three, which is difficult to do, but absolutely doable, you win 100 euro cash. So Kevin is going to play it for us here and pick his scores. Uh, Norwich versus Liverpool. I always think of Luis Suarez when I think of this uh, fixture, Kevin. I don't know. He destroyed poor Norwich four or five times. Loves to go against Norwich, isn't he? I'm going to go, you know what? Norwich at home, Liverpool... Players come back from the Euros, a lot of players away, and just a stuttering start, maybe. Um, they'll have a great season, I think, Liverpool. But I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I think it'll be um, Norwich. Just you'll have that confidence coming up and a buzzing crowd. First game of the season, I think. Uh, Manage to sneak a draw out of that. Newcastle, West Ham. I think Newcastle have a tough season. But if for some reason, I fancy him in this game. First home game of the season. Crowds back in the stand. Newcastle fans... It's the noisiest place I played when things were going well, mm. um, Newcastle fans. And I think they'll just get a player to get a bounce out of that. I'm going to go for a 2-1 home win to Newcastle. And finally, Spurs, unfortunately, a zip three, zero three Spurs. Wow, okay, yeah. Uh, just, it just, just seems to be negativity hanging over Spurs. Yeah. New manager, listen, the manager did very well at Wolves, but he, he didn't have a, such a great you know, final six months at Wolves. Um, and he's a tough start at Spurs trying to you know sort out this situation. So... Um, yeah, I'm going to go for a zero, or three nil to Man City. Yeah, there we go. That's that is a plunge Spurs straight into crisis mode um, at the start of the season. Could make some interesting uh, conversations for Harry Kane over the course of the week. So uh, Kevin is going with his one, two, three picks of Norwich one, uh, Liverpool one, Newcastle was it one nil against West Ham? Two one. 2-1 against West Ham and uh, Spurs to lose uh, 3-0 at home to Manchester City. If you can do better, you can pick all three games. If you get one right, you get a €1 free bet. If you get two, you get a €5 free bet. And if you get all three, you win €100. Play with Labrooks 1-2-3 right now on labrooks.com. Kevin, thanks a million for joining us um, again. Uh, look, it's going to be an interesting first week. It's Newcastle and West Ham, I'm pretty sure, was on the first day of the season last year as well. And Jeff Hendricks scored. Uh, we all thought that it was going to be a big signing. Um, it didn't go too well for Jeff. We'll see how it goes this year. But um, enjoy the first weekend of the Premier League anyway. I think I think it's something that sometimes we can be a little bit, a little bit sort of jaded still, especially on 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 tournament years. And then it all kicks off, and we're into it, and we're 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 yeah. all races. 
I wasn't looking forward to it, to be honest. I hadn't put any thought into it, but just knowing I was coming on here and now after doing the show, I am actually uh, looking forward to the first weekend of the season. So hopefully we have that influence on some of the listeners, Mick. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, they said through a half an hour of us talking about it now, so if they <laughs> I hope they're going to watch the games anyway. So, Kevin, thanks a million for joining us. We'll be back with more build-up next week. Um, so have a good weekend.